Good to be here this morning. Uh, as always, I desire your prayers. I I feel completely unworthy to stand up here. Uh, I was just telling somebody out there, I get up here and look around, and just about everybody I, I look at, I've been looking up to all my life. Uh, Y'all have been teaching me all my life about what's going on here. Uh, so I feel completely unworthy to, to try to stand and teach anything, but if it's done right, it's God that does the teaching anyway. So you pray for me, and I just want to try to do it right. Uh, lessons in Matthew chapter 13, it's verses 24 to 30, and then 36 to 43. Start at, <clears throat> starting at verse four, 24, uh, <clears throat> Jesus is talking to the people. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's talking to the people, and he's, and he's talking to them in parables. Last week, we had a, a lesson that was about a parable. Um, it was right before this, and this is still the same time period, same situation that Jesus was in. And uh, it says, verse 24 says, Another parable put he before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed good seed in his field. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read this parable. Verse 25 says, But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And tares are weeds, but it says, But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. Uh, the tares, I read up on those, <clears throat> they, were, uh, they were commonly referred to as poison wheat because they were enough like wheat that a lot of times people didn't notice the difference. And if they ate the tares, then they'd get sick. So that they referred to it as poison wheat. Uh, so the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you read up, root up also the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Uh, then it jumps on over to, to verse 36. And, and Jesus goes ahead and, and in those verses tells the disciples what this parable is talking about. And he explains it to them that the sower was the, the, the sower was God. The seed was God's children. Uh, the tares were the, the world. And the, the one that sowed the tares was Satan. Uh, in so many words. But uh, we don't have a choice uh, about living in this world. This is where we were put. God planted us here. Um, and we also don't have a choice about who lives around us. 
And by live around us, I don't mean just our next door neighbor in the house next door. I mean the people we come in contact with all through our life. Uh, we've got people that, that we work with that sometimes can be the most evil people we ever thought we'd meet. Uh, there again, not our choice. We have to contend with that. Uh, just like the wheat in the field didn't have a choice whether there was tares growing up right with it but it still naturally wanted to grow um, I've got some other scriptures I wanted to bring out um, especially I, I was reading and I and I found this one in Ezekiel I can find it real quick. I thought I had it. There it is. Ezekiel 11 and 17. And the verse says, <clears throat> Therefore say, Thus saith the Lord God, I will even gather you from the people and assemble you out of the countries where ye have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. Uh, now, in the context of, of Ezekiel writing this, uh, it was probably somewhat referring to the physical land of Israel. But if you look at it from a spiritual standpoint, God's got people all over this land, uh, all over the world. Some of them are in places where it's illegal to serve God, but they do it anyway. And one of these days, God's going to come back and he's going to get all them people. He ain't going to miss one. He knows where every one of them's at. And when he comes back, he's going to root them up and bring them home. And the evil ones that are surrounding them right now are going to be burned. That's uh, what the Bible says. Uh, and then, very familiar scripture in Mark, verse, or chapter 16, 15. He, he told him to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel into every creature. Uh, we're not we're not meant to gather God's people together and and stay in a locked building away from the world. That's that's not what we're here for. We are meant to be out there in the field with the tares. Uh, that's where we that's where our work is. Uh, Job in Job said the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also with them. Uh, presented himself with them. Uh, Paul said, when I would do good, evil is present. There's always, the tares are always in our life. They're always a part of everything we do. <clears throat> and I got to thinking about it, where he told them, where he told them not to pull up the, the tares Lest you, while you gather up the tares, you root up the wheat also. And I got to really thinking about that verse. And I got to thinking about family. The natural family here on earth. And a lot of times, we've got brothers and sisters and, and cousins and, and other relatives that are real close to us naturally. But they don't have anything to do with the house of God. And they'll run off and they'll, they'll 
be involved in everything they can get involved in in the world. And I know this because I used to be one of them. But my roots were still tied together with the wheat. As good as the wheat was growing and prospering, I was out there doing wrong. I was one of the tares, and I was rooted in that root ball with the good wheat. So, so they couldn't just yank the evil up out of there, or the good would be destroyed with it, uh, in a manner of speaking. Now, once you get saved, you're saved, and that's, that's all there is to it. Uh, but I think there's a lot of a lot of people that if if God took their family from them, it might cause them to turn away from God at least temporarily. Uh, I've seen people do that sometimes when they feel like God's mistreated them. Uh, but I was. Uh, Anybody else got any thoughts on that? Sometimes it's hard to hard to see. At least for me, it is. It's it's hard to see when I'm at work or or you know, wherever I'm at. <clears throat> now, if I'm at church <clears throat> and I know we've got lost people that come to church every week, and I feel like I can see uh, the work that needs to be done. Uh, I can see the reason I need to follow the Lord because they're right there and they're looking for it. They're, they're, they're in need and they know they're in need and they're looking for the help that they need. But when I'm out there in the world walking around doing grocery shopping or going to work or wherever I'm at and I see all the evil that's in the world, sometimes I think, what am, what am I struggling for? These people don't even want to know about anything good. They don't want to know about the Lord, uh, but I don't know their hearts. God does, and you know I, I've I've found along the way <clears throat> somebody might act like they got no interest in godly things whatsoever, and several years down the road, 
you find out that they was watching you the whole time. And, and because of your actions, they decided there must be something to it. Where if I just acted any old way, then they would decide because of my actions that there wasn't nothing to it and they'd go on their way. So we've got to be about the Father's business even when we're out there among the tares, especially. Um, I was thinking when you said when you brought that up about Stephen just off the top of my head probably the most impactful thing that Stephen ever did to impact Saul was when he was about to die and he said father forgive them instead of being mad that he was getting killed he he still wanted them people that were killing him to be forgiven um, good now <clears throat> if we jump on over here to verse 36 <clears throat> 36 to 43 Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house and his disciples came unto him saying 
declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered, and this is where Jesus is explaining what we've been talking about. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. And therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire. So shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears, let him hear. Uh, there was a verse I looked up, a couple of them, actually. I looked up one. Uh, I'll just go ahead and read it if I can find it real quick. Uh, Romans twelve nineteen. Uh, says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. All the evil that goes on in the world, uh, right in that one little verse, God's telling us not to do nothing about it. Just let it go. He'll take care of it when the time's right. Uh, and then there's another place in Thessalonians, if I can find that one. thought I had it marked, but I guess I didn't. It's in 2 Thessalonians, verse 1 and 8, or chapter 1, verse 8. And it goes right along with what our lesson's talking about. It says, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there's going to come a time uh, when God says that's enough. Jesus is coming back to get us. And all that remains of this earth that did not put their hope and trust in Jesus will be burned up. The, the Bible tells us that. Uh, I've thought a lot here lately, if you watch the news at all, uh, there's been a lot of volcanoes going off all over the world here lately. And of course, we all know when a volcano blows up, it shoots fire and brimstone out of the earth up into the air and the Bible says it'll rain hellfire and brimstone. Uh, I, now I know that's not talking about volcanoes. That's coming from God. But they're also talking on the news about there's something weird going on with the sun. They don't know what what it's all about, but the sun's acting funny. Uh, I, in my head, it almost seems like the sun made out of hellfire and brimstone. Maybe that's what our God's going to get it from. I don't know. I just know the way the world is and the things that have been going on, it makes me think God might be coming back here any day now. Uh, and for those that are lost, that should be a real high-class warning. He's coming back. 
Just any day now. We don't know when it when the time is. Uh, but I got up this morning, and there, I, we, <clears throat> I was uh, pondering on the lesson, read over it again, and, and uh, I went out. I forgot to water my garden last night before I went to bed. So I told Cindy, I said, I better go out while it's still not too hot outside and water the garden. So I went out there and I got the hose out and I got out there and I'm watering the garden and I noticed there was, I, I run out of tomato cages for my tomato plants. So I've got four or five of them that have got some pretty good sized tomatoes on them and they've fell down like that because they didn't have no support. They just, the, the weight of the fruit pulled them down. And just yesterday, I was out there just about all day pulling weeds out of that garden. And <clears throat> this morning, I got out there looking at them plants that was laying over on the ground, and I thought, before I got out here and got them weeds out of the way, these plants was probably about to die from lack of sunshine because the weeds was up over top of them. They probably wasn't getting no sun. And they was... And the, the ground underneath them was probably about to get moldy because of no sun shining on the dirt. Uh, I had to get out there and get that cleaned up. Uh, and now I need to get out there and get some cages and get them plants picked up off the ground. Uh, but my thought was, uh, the, the Bible says that, that, that we're known by our fruit. And if we're doing good, and, and our fruit's plentiful, uh, we got to watch the tares because they'll try to hide us. They don't want the rest of the world to see that. Uh, they want to hide what we're doing. Uh, they want to push it down out of sight and, and, and put a stop to it. That's what they did with Jesus. They tried to push him, hide him, put a stop to him before he could tell anybody else. And that's what the... The whole world's trying to do with, with God's church. Um, but I thought about Moses when they was in battle and he had his hands up and him doing the will of God, which is what we call the fruits of his labor, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. But as long as he was doing what God wanted him doing, holding his hands up, they was winning the battle. But when he got tired, like them tomato plants I was looking at this morning, he got tired and started drooping, and they started losing. So his brothers come and lifted his arms back up and helped him. Uh, we've got to help one another to stay up in the sunshine, uh, even when the fruit's at its best. Anybody else got anything? I don't really have much else. If anybody else got anything, feel free.
verse in the 12th chapter said, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Talking about the resurrection, some, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Yeah. And in the second Peter, the third chapter said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering. He, he leaves the tares grow with the wheat. Wants to give them all the chance he can to get saved. Amen. Mm -hmm. And uh, and, the, and I, that's why he left the church here. But the day I got saved, I got saved when I was 15 years old. And, and God could have took me on to heaven that day because it was mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, but he he needed me down here to be a light to somebody, just like you already said. And. Uh, he, he wants everybody to get saved. It wasn't his will that any should perish. Mm -hmm. and, and God so loved the world, we all, we all quote that scripture that it gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth him should not perish. And that, and, uh, but he's not. He's long-suffering to us who are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Mm -hmm. But now this, this goes right along with what you were saying. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the, ele the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. And uh, one of these days it's all going <coughs> to come to an end. And the heavens he's saying that are disappeared ain't the heaven God's in. That's right. the heaven we're looking at. Yeah. And that's uh, uh, a good lesson. Yeah. And I thought I thought when I first read it, uh, God looked at God looked at His creation and said it it was good and very good. Mm. He made He made everything perfect. True. But then Satan come along and. Uh, messing things up and he's still trying to well and another thought I had I just it just come back to me about the tares uh, there's a lot of a lot of churches nowadays I guess there has been for years but it seems like it gets worse all the time um, there's a lot of churches that look just like God's church but don't have any spirit in them uh, it's like I was talking about at the beginning when I said the tares, they look just like wheat. Uh, it would have been easy to be confused if you weren't a farmer and knew what you were looking at, I guess, from what I read. Uh, but a lot of these churches look just like God's church. They, they look the same. They sound the same. The only difference is there's no spirit in them. Uh, so people flock to those other churches because they can pat themselves on the back and say, I went to church today and feel good about themselves without having to bow to God's will. Uh, I think it, I guess, it seems like that's probably the hardest thing for the world to do is to bow themselves down to God's will. Uh, 
everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to give up the lust of the flesh. Um, we've got a lot of people that come to church that maybe uh, maybe we know they don't live right. Maybe we know they they do some things that we don't agree with. Whatever the situation might be. But according to this lesson, God said don't rip them out of there and send them out the door. We've, we've, got, we've got the weeds growing up right among us. But it's our job to be a light to them. Uh, that's, what, that's what it's all about, really. Like Dad said, I, I got saved when I was 11 years old. If I didn't have a work to do in this life, I wouldn't still be here. Especially the way I lived for a while there in my, in my younger days. Uh, if God hadn't known where I'd be in my 50s, I wouldn't have lived through my 20s. Because I wasn't living for God. If I'd have stayed out there, I wouldn't have lived this long. I'm, I'm sure of it. But God has a purpose for me to be here. And whatever that is, well, I guess I'll just keep moving along and find out as I go. Uh, but I've got a work to do or I wouldn't be here. Every one of us has got something that God has in store for us, something that we need to do, somebody that we need to be a light to. Uh, and a lot of times I think, well, it's my grandkids. I'm, I'm supposed to raise my grandkids and, and be a light to them. And probably... But there, but there might be more than that. Uh, you know, there's probably people that I work with that I might be the only Christian they ever come in contact with. I don't know. I just know that when I go to work and uh, I'm the only one there that seemingly knows God, I haven't met any more people that I work with that claim to be Christian. Um, so if I don't watch my step and put a good foot forward in God's name, what are people that I work with going to think of God's people? Uh, I've, always, I've always felt like being a part of a church, being a member of a, of, a, of a good church is an honor. And uh, when I walk out them doors, I'm an ambassador of that church. So anybody that I come in contact with I don't know I don't know who watches the live stream out there in the world I don't know who slips in the back door and watches the church service and never moves uh, I might come in contact with somebody out there that has seen me on YouTube teaching Sunday school or seen me on YouTube standing up here singing in the choir I don't know who I'm coming in contact with every day when I'm out in the world but they know who they're coming in contact if they've seen me on the, on the live stream or if they've come in the back door and seen me standing up here any other time. And if I don't keep my best foot forward and set a good example, I'm putting a black mark on the church, not just myself. So, so we've got to be ambassadors and we've got to shine a light out to these tears that are surrounding us every day and we've got to do what God wants us to do every time he wants us to do something or we'll fail. 
we're going to fail anyway because that's our nature. But we've got to set a uh, we've got to follow God as much as we possibly can to be able to be light to people. Um, I had a I had my house built by Amish guys, and they come over yesterday and put my front steps on. The one guy did the head the head guy that is in charge of building. I went over to Kenton and picked him up and picked up the stairs and we come back to the house and put the steps on. Well, on the way from Kenton to my house, it takes about 30 minutes and we were driving down the road kind of in silence and and uh, I said, hey, I said, can I get your opinion on a scripture? He said, well, yeah. And I asked him about this Sunday school lesson just to see where his thoughts would, would be with it. And uh, he knew exactly when I told him what the, what the scripture was, he knew exactly what scripture it was. He was familiar with it. And uh, he started his explanation of what he thought the, that scripture meant, and it fell right in line with what I thought. And, and we just started talking about that, and we had a good conversation about the Bible and about what God meant by it and all that. And... I don't know why I shared all that, but it, it was just interesting to me that that he felt the same way I did about it. Uh, but whether or not he knows the Lord the way I know the Lord, I don't know. But when God put it on my heart to ask him about that scripture, I just thought, well, maybe maybe I can help him. I don't know where he stands with God, but if I can be a help to him, even if he's been saved, we're supposed to help one another. So when God put it on my heart to ask him about that scripture, that's what I wanted to do. But uh, that's all I've got. If anybody else got anything, jump in there. Anybody else got anything? Thank you for your prayers. <laughs>